Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Service for all brands of print equipment in your office? Yeah, Digitex does that. D-I-G-I-T-E-X dot C-A on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Welcome back, everybody. It's 1233 in Edmonton. Bob Stoffer, Brendan Escott with you. This is Oilers Now, Edmonton in San Jose. The goaltending matchup, Miko Koskinen against Aaron Dell. Tyler Benson will make his NHL debut tonight for the Edmonton Oilers. William Lagason will play his third NHL game. Benson drafted by the Oilers, second round, 32nd overall, 2016 draft, 104 points in 150 HL games, 115 AHL games last couple of years. Uh, he has been the Oilers farm team leading scorer last two years at 20 and 21 years of age. Uh, Lagason out of UMass Amherst went in the fourth round of the 2014 draft. That's when Edmonton got Leon Dreisaitl, third overall. Not a bad pick at three. And Ligason's got a chance uh, to play as a third-pairing D-man in the NHL. Two NHL today for elite promotional marketing, building tailored branded programs where your order is done on time, every time. Elite promotional marketing, and here's Brendan Escott. Well, 11 other games around the NHL tonight. Montreal home to Anaheim. Ottawa hosts Colorado. Winnipeg is in St. Louis. Minnesota entertains Vancouver and Calgary welcomes in Nashville. The Toronto Maple Leafs addressing the backup goaltending situation, acquiring 2010 first-rounder Jack Campbell and tough guy Kyle Clifford from Los Angeles in exchange for Trevor Moore, a 2020 third-rounder and a conditional 2020 third-rounder. Bakersfield Condors taking care of Tucson on home ice last night, getting multi-point efforts from both Evan Bouchard and Colby Cave. They host Ontario tomorrow. The Oil Kings are welcoming in the Red Deer Rebels tomorrow night at Rod place in the number four ranked U of A Golden Bears wrap up the regular season. Manitoba Bisons are at the Claire Drake this weekend. All right. Uh, yeah. Oil Kings uh, going pretty good right now. Red Deer's got a ton of uh, young players that came tomorrow night at Rogers Place at Claire Drake Arena tomorrow, Alberta and Manitoba. At one point, uh, Manitoba had gone over 40 games without winning at Claire Drake Arena during the uh, regular season. Uh, that is NHL Today again for elite promotional marketing, building tailored branded programs where your order is done on time, every time, elite promotional marketing. All right, 1235 in Edmonton. And full disclosure, because this is the type of guys we are, uh, we pre-taped our conversation with Louis DeBrusque, which we will get to momentarily. I'll tell you that guests on the show receive gift certificates to Roos Chris Steakhouse. Follow the sizzle to Alberta's own Roos Chris Steakhouse. 9990 Jasper Avenue. Tell Brendan, Maggie, and Taylor that Oilers now sent you Roos Chris Steakhouse. It's the greatest steak you'll ever have. To our Oilers now headliner for touchback safety. From fall protection to forklift training, trust the experts at touchbacksafety.com. Your safety is their goal. All right, there you go. That's uh, here from Louis DeBrusque. Well, Louie, tonight the Edmonton Oilers and the uh, San Jose Sharks, and the Oilers looking to uh, respond after a, uh, a moribund performance in Arizona a couple nights ago. Should we be surprised, given the emotional engagement and investment that Edmonton put in in those two battles of Alberta and the matchup against St. Louis? Edmonton getting five out of a possible six points, winning on back-to-back nights, one of the most exciting games, uh, series of games we've seen in a long time. 
Not surprising. You know, it was something certainly that we talked about before the game that was a possibility. Anytime you have that type of a, a matchup, a back-to-back, -back, so to speak, for the Flames against Edmonton, and then one in the middle for Edmonton against the defending Stanley Cup champion St. Louis, uh, pretty, pretty awesome three games to watch. You know, when you look at those three games, they were intense, they were physical, it was big boy hockey. It took a lot out of Edmonton. And Dave Tippett, I think, said it best after the game. He just said, listen, um, the guys were trying out there. I could see that they were trying to give as much as they could. There just wasn't a whole lot left in the tank. They still were in a one-goal game up until a fluky shorthanded goal against, and it was a two-goal game right into the third period. They get the next one. Maybe they, they get a little bit of life, and they're able to maybe muster a comeback, but it just wasn't meant to be, and it was a desperate Arizona Coyotes team. So you recharge, you reset, and again, a San Jose team that's coming in here tonight that's, uh, that's also desperate. They got some young guys in their lineup. They had a big win over the Flames, who were also very flat in that next game after the Battle of Alberta. So it wasn't just Edmonton that was feeling the effects. The Flames felt the effects, too. Those two games, especially, I believe, the Battle of Alberta took a lot out of the players on each respective team. Well, let's talk a bit about that. I mean, we uh, we had you on last Thursday, the night after the Oilers lost 4-3 in a shootout a couple days after the 4-3 shootout loss to Calgary and Cassian and Kachuk settled the score and you had Nugent Hopkins fighting Mon Monahan. We go to Calgary, second of a back-to-back -back for Edmonton, maybe their best game of the year. 49 shots on goal, they score 8 goals. For me, Louie, it started in the first shift. Yamamoto, small player, 15 seconds in the game. Relentless on the puck, knocking a guy off the puck, gets rewarded with a goal. Oilers scored in their first two shifts of the game. It had it all. You had David Riddick getting chased out of the game. You had Mike Smith fighting. Uh, you know, a little bit of a line brawl and a, a great overall performance. You were down at ice level. Yeah. I got to ask you this. How bad was the chirping for Riddick after he got pulled? <laughs> it was pretty bad. You know what? Listen, there was chirping all over the ice. So it wasn't just on Riddick. It was entirely uh, both sides. Almost every single time the players were coming back to bench. And, and Kevin Quinn and I just talked to James Neal, who's injured right now. But he, he said, you know, every shift you came off, it was like, you know what? Guys were hurt. Guys were banged up. You know, something something had happened to them where they were shrugging their shoulder, they were holding their side, they were rubbing their knee, they were, you know, getting a drink. It was just every single shift. It was a, it was a playoff atmosphere. There's no question about that. And in playoff hockey, everybody finishes checks, everybody skates a little extra. The urgency coming back is harder. But I thought it was one of the best games for the Oilers all year. I think pride came into the situation. They had lost three in a row to the Flames. And I just think they kind of said to themselves, enough is enough. And if you if you watch the warm-up and you watch, you know, I got to go down in, into the, the hallways underneath and I got to see some of the guys warming up before the game. You could just tell they, they were ready for this one. They didn't like what happened the Wednesday here in Edmonton. They went back in there in the second matchup after beating the Stanley Cup champions. And you know what? It showed right from the get-go, as you mentioned. It was a whole different mentality and urgency to the game. And, boy, what a, I tell you what, it's just, it's just catapulted. Uh, the Battle of Alberta for me is probably the best uh, best matchup in the NHL now. The goalie fight. <laughs> yeah. Tough situation for Cam Talbot. It was, you know what, but I, and here's the thing, you know me, I never will ever criticize someone for losing a fight because you know what, they took the fight. Cam Talbot did not have to skate the center ice and take that fight. Right. He really didn't, but pride, he's always been a great teammate. He says, okay, you know what, I'll go down there and oblige. I said it was funny on the air, I said this the other night, I saw Mike Smith in, in Arizona before the game 
and I, you know, it was a morning skate. He come down. He wasn't playing. He skated a couple of the extra guys, and you know, I said, "Hey, scrapper, how you doing?" He goes, "You know, I've been waiting 14 years to get in a tilt like that. I've been, you know, I've tried. I've pushed guys. I've almost come to fight, but it's never happened." He goes, "And it finally happened." He was just so excited that it finally happened. And then I see him 15 minutes later, and he's all his gear, and I can see him standing down the hallway. And I walked up to him. I'm like, no wonder why nobody wanted to fight you for 14 years because you look like Megatron with all your stuff on. Right. He's a big human being. Yeah. When he gets all his stuff on, he looks even bigger. And uh, you know what? Credit Cam. He came down. He took a couple shots in the fight. He kind of laughed it off afterwards too. But for Mike Smith, you know what? He, he, skated, he looked like Ken Dryden sitting on a uh, leaning yeah. on a stick there at oh, yeah. center ice waiting Except for Ken Cam Dryden to come didn't down. fight. <laughs> I mean, he was a big boy too, though. But you know what? That had it all. We bumped into Grant Fury, you and I, in the airport coming back yeah. from, from Arizona yesterday. And, you know, we were talking about the fact that there's never been a goalie fight in the Battle of Alberta before, which we couldn't believe. I was like, that's, that's impossible. Somebody had to have dropped. But he says, you know what? Back then, you know, we just kind of get together and we watch the fights. <laughs> we knew each other. We were buddies. buddies. Hey, because, you know what? We know each other too well. We see each other around. It was a small fraternity of goaltenders, and you know what? It was just like, hey, we'll just watch this and make sure nothing gets out of control, and uh, we'll break them up. We'll act as linesmen if we have to, but you know what? Uh, two big guys going at it. It was exciting to see. I'll tell you, from ice level, it was... Uh I didn't look at my sheet once. I didn't look at my notes once. The game spoke for itself, and you just love those type it was of games. All, it was all, what I loved about it was the competitiveness of the Oilers' smaller players. Yamamoto's been a huge difference maker since coming to this team. Uh, but Sam Gagne going back at Mark Giordano. Yep. You had Gaetan Haas going back at Kachuk after Kachuk cleaved him on the breakaway on a play that turned out to be the penalty shot. Gaetan Haas went right back at Kachuk. I mean, that's what you need when you get a, a and, and it's it perhaps for me. You know, that level of buy-in and engagement, that's why I'm not really that upset by what happened in Arizona. Got to bounce back tonight, but just before we get to tonight, just a thought on, you know, it was everybody for Edmonton. It was their small play. It was all the guys. It was, and, and you know, that's how it has to be. And, you know, Dave Tippett's talked about that, the buy-in. And when, he, when, when you hear it's a cliche, 20 guys have to buy in, 20 guys have to pull on the rope, and you hear that so often, but when it actually happens and you actually witness it, you go, okay. Now, that game had a different feel to it, and that's playoff hockey. It truly is. When you get in, into the playoffs, that is entirely what has to happen, or you will be out before you know it. You'll yep. be going home early. And, you know, that game for me, that's why I said I think it was one of the best games for Edmonton all year long, because everybody was pulling on that rope. It didn't matter who it was. They grabbed onto that thing, and they were pulling, trying to pull in the right direction. And it's amazing what you can achieve when you do that. Uh, I thought, honestly, the Wednesday game was pretty similar. I thought the Wednesday game, both teams came to play. Right. It was a great hockey game. It really was. It was a shootout loss, a uh, win for the Flames. But you know what? It was a great game. It was the type of game you want to play. Then they follow that up with a nice battle versus St. Louis. And then they go into to, to Calgary in that second game and, and play the way they did. I thought that was a real statement game by Edmonton. And I think it was kind of, for me, it was also a statement by their big guns. Uh, didn't get talked about much in the Battle of Alberta because of all the other sure. stuff, but Connor McDavid, game-winning goal, had two goals in that game. Leon Dreisel had four assists. They came to play too, and, they, and it wasn't—they didn't just come to play. They yeah. came to play with a purpose, and when they do that, very formidable. All right, switching focus. So it is the San Jose Sharks. Uh, it's been an atypical year for Sharks organization that in the Pacific Division, uh, you know, since LA sort of dropped off a bit, the Sharks have been—they've been the deal in the division. I mean, they've, uh, you know, 14 of the last 15 years in the playoffs or whatever it is. They don't look like they're going to make it this year. I will say, I think they got about a three percent chance. I'm still not prepared to write them off because they're, they're the San 
Seattle's a shirts, yeah. aren't they? Yeah, they find a way. 19 to 21 years, I think it is, they've been in the playoffs. So, yeah, I'm not ready to count them out either. They're starting to go young. Obviously, with the injuries to Hurdle and Couture, which devastates that center position. They've called some young guys up. They're going to start giving guys more of an opportunity. You have two elite defensemen, the two most offensive guys in the league in the last decade in Burns and Carlson. So, always deadly back there. But, uh, you know what, listen, I like Bob Bugner as a coach. I, I like his mentality. I think he wants them to play a, a little more of a, a physical game, and that's something yeah. that I've seen change in their game is they're more aggressive. They're finishing the body more. They're a big team, and they're starting to utilize that size a different way instead of just skating. So that's something that Edmonton's going to have to be prepared for tonight. This team is not just going to go away. They're going to be physical. They're going to battle, and uh, they're a desperate team. They, they look at it as, listen, let's try and salvage this year. Let's see what we can make happen, and if they get on a real role you never know what's going to happen so you can't take any team lightly in the National Hockey League today. This is a team that is, has given Edmonton trouble throughout the course of uh, their franchise history so be ready for this one and make sure uh, you're bringing your A game. Final one for you. They're giving their young guys a chance. We're going to see a young guy play his first NHL game. Uh, the year that Jake was playing Mitchell AAA for the Southside Athletic Club, Tyler Benson in that lockout year broke the W or the uh, Bantam AAA scoring record. Uh, you know Tyler Benson. Just give me a thought on uh, you know what we're hoping to see out of uh, Tyler Benson tonight. Well, you know what? Congratulations, number one. This has been a, it's been an uphill grind for for Tyler. You know he suffered a lot of injuries early in his his junior career. He had to deal with a lot of that, a lot of rehabilitation. One of the things that I certainly know for sure is that he's put the work in off the ice. He's a very hard worker off the ice. He's worked hard on the ice as well. He's earned the, He has completely earned this call up and this opportunity. I'm really excited for him to get in his first National Hockey League game. Listen, I think he slipped in the draft that year. I think he would have went higher if he was a healthier player. Yep. And I think this is a guy that, uh, with the determination that he's had to continue to build and work towards this, uh, as you mentioned, he trains with my son in the summertime, so I know him pretty well. And I'm just, I'm really looking forward to seeing him get out there. And I hope he plays loose. I hope he plays the way he can play. Um, but it's your first game. And I was talking to Alex Chason, who will play with him tonight on a line with Gaetan Haas. I said, listen, did you say anything to the kid tonight about his first game? And he kind of looked at me and he said, you know, it's his first game. I go, yeah, you know what? You only have one first, and it's usually a pass. So, you know what? Enjoy it. Because, you know what? They'll start critiquing you after a while, but go out there and have fun and do what you do. So, I wish them nothing but the best. All right. There you go. That is Louis DeBrus from NHL Hockey on Rogers. It is the Edmonton Oilers and the San Jose Sharks. 1247 in Edmonton. Bob Stauffer with you. Brian Burke coming up for Canadian Power Pack at 105 today. Kevin Kurz, who's covered the Sharks for a number of years uh, with the Athletic out of San Jose at 135. And we'll have an interview with Tyler Benson at 150. But when we come back on Oilers now, we're going to get to some texts. I'm being bombarded by... A Sharks fan, and we'll uh, respond to a couple of his texts when we return. This is Oilers Now. Subscribe to the Oilers Now podcast. Available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever you find your podcasts. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on 630 Chad. Welcome back, everybody. 1250 in Edmonton. Bob Stoffer with you on Oilers Now. Uh, this text comes in on our Ashley Fine Floors text line at 780-496-0063. Hey, Bob, I listened to the intro today, and I didn't hear you mention a Fear the Fin segment. Well, I mean, it's not a complete segment. Fear the Fin occasionally texts the show, sometimes when San Jose plays. Hey, Bob, you missed a key stat 
about the San Jose Sharks, and I mean a key one, says Fear the Fin. Odd that the Sharks are the third most penalized team this year. I did not know that. They're also number one in the league in the penalty kill. And I'm trying to figure out how a team that's number one in the league in the penalty kill is 27th in goals against. But I bet you if I look at five-on-five save percentage, the Sharks would drop from their 26th overall save percentage in the league further down. Look, man, Brendan, I don't know about you, but until the Sharks are dead, I got them alive. You know what I mean? Like, they are a team. I I know what the numbers. I think uh, one of the the Sharks uh, people were telling me today, 3% chance to make the playoffs based on whatever the statistical analogs that are out there. I wouldn't write off San Jose. Like, they're 12 points behind Edmonton. I would not write that team off. Now, they are only 8-15-3 since December 13th. So they've only won eight of their last 26 games. They don't have Logan Couture and Tomash Hurdle. So they're top two centers. And those guys are both, it's established, terrific players. In fact, you could suggest... Well, they're certainly their two best forwards at this stage. Now, I personally believe that San Jose lost a little bit of their uh, identity, a little bit of who they were when Joe Pavelski signed with Dallas. They committed a lot of money to Eric Carlson. They already had Burns and Vlasic uh, signed. What about you, Brendan? Do you think they're done? I never think the Sharks are done. So I don't know what fear the Finns like. We don't disrespect the Sharks. Right? They got 18,000 hockey fans in San Jose, and they show up at the games. You go there, you would never know that the San Jose Sharks exist in that marketplace. But their fans are loud. They got a a low ceiling, which allows for reverberation in the building. This is an old team. They've been really good for a long time. Really good. It's hard to win a Stanley Cup. You can make an argument. Over the last 20 years, they've been one of the top three organizations in the league, but they didn't win the Cup. Right? Like, you look at L.A., L.A. got two Stanley Cups. You look at Chicago, the Hawks got three. You know, Pittsburgh has stayed good because of a generational star like Crosby and Malcolm. Uh, Edmonton needs to progress and grow and mature to that point, but I'm a little bit surprised. Uh, All right, here we go. Another Victor says, hey, Bob, what do you think the Sharks would want for Big Joe if he was willing to waive his no move? And what would you think of Montreal would want for Ilya Kovalchuk? Um, if I'm Joe Thornton, I want to finish my career in San Jose. Like, he spent the last 15 seasons there. So I, I don't see him wanting to leave. Kovalchuk, I think, knows the reality of the situation. I wouldn't give up more than a fourth rounder for Kovalchuk. I mean, look at what the Leafs gave up last night to get Clifford and Jack Campbell. A third and a conditional third. So, um, And for the record, I would only bring in one veteran guy. So there you go. Uh, Coach Mike says, stop, Bob. St. Louis was an aberration. San Jose is done. Another texter comes in to say, key stat for the Sharks, Bob, that you neglected to mention, zero Stanley Cups. Biggest, biggest chokers in the league now that Washington and St. Louis have won. Bob, uh, FYI, the original text was just a premonition of Fear the Finns activity on your text line today. He must be a local or else he's a bit obsessed. 
Kyle and Devin has texted the show to say, Bob, on our Ashley Fine Floors text line, do you think the Edmonton Oilers are in the running for a big-name rental such as Kreider? I uh, heard McDavid talk about him in high regard at the All-Star game, and Holland's been known to reel in the big deadline deal. I do not think Edmonton's in on Chris Kreider. Uh, Kreider also has a no movement. Uh, my guess is he'll stay in the East if he does indeed get traded. Uh, I also don't think the Oilers are in on Pajot. I could see the Oilers go for a subtler type of player. And I mentioned this a couple days ago. A guy that can skate, a guy that's competitive, can chip in a bit offensively, maybe play multiple forward positions at PKs a bit. That's the type of guy I'd be looking for. You can text us at 780-496-0068. Randy in Brooks says, Bob, is Evander Kane dressing room poison? Gotta think so. Despise the Sharks. Doug Wilson is a great GM. Blah, 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 blah. Pretty tough to get them free agents to come to California. That comes to us from Randy uh, in Brooks. Uh, you know, Evander Kane has played pretty well. Joe, you know, Joe Pavelski, I mean, he he's an all-in guy. And, again, to me, he was always kind of the heartbeat of the San Jose Sharks. So, Doug Wilson. Doug Wilson is in everything, and absolutely the San Jose Sharks benefit from location, especially for veteran players. Right? They can they can get free agents. It ain't a hard sell there. No one's bugging you when you go out for dinner. The fans are loud, supportive. They got an old they got the oldest team in the league. They've traded away a lot of picks over the years. I'm still not ready to write them off. It's just that way. Oil Dog says, Bob, what would it take to get Dowdy or Burns and Oilers skills? Nurse and a third-round pick for Burns or Doughty and a young prospect? Uh, oh, no, I would think you would have to give a lot more than Darnell Nurse and a third-round pick to get uh, Drew Doughty. I think you're talking about a four- or five-piece deal to do that. And Billy Dozer says, Bob, Vancouver Canucks were the biggest chokers in the NHL. I went to Game 7. Then again, so do the 06 Oilers and the 04 Calgary Flames. Keep texting us on our Ashley Fine Floors text line at 780-496-0063. Do want to tell you we got three spots left for our trip to Chicago. It's in March to see the Oilers play the Blackhawks. This package includes great lower bowl game tickets, a welcome reception with yours truly, and special guests, plus tours of Wrigley and Soldier Fields. For the Oilers now, Chicago road trip called New West Travel. 780-432-7446 or go online at newestravel.com. Bob Stoffer, Brendan Escott with you. It's 1257 in Edmonton for Canadian Power Pack. Brian Burke coming up. Canadian Power Pack, Alberta's leader in electrical construction service, electrical prefabrication solar. Brian will join us at 105. You're listening to Oilers Now. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon. On Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.